0: Good it's, it's five hours. Okay, good brach, everybody. I just want to um, wish everyone a good, sweet year. It's not too late to give this bracha, because as the Shabbos gracious, contains the energy of the entire year, so this is a good time, best time, to give bracha, to uh, each of us and all of us in all Kala Yisrael. It should be a happy Gushmaka Freelich year. And as the uh, Rebbe said, this year is going to be a year of incredible wonders. Ployus Haaretno, incredible wonders. When you think about Ployus Haaretno, incredible wonders, it sounds like big miracles happening for global events, for larger communities, but for personal, private, smaller things, are there also places around, are the miracle, does miracles also work on a private scale or only on a, on a public scale? Rose, you wanna hear the story? Come, 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 come on my lap. So I wanna share with you tonight two stories, incredible stories. The first story I've heard several times, uh, but it was recently published in the um, Ami magazine with all the details or in their Rosh Hashanah issue. Look at, the, look at the details there, unbelievable story. It's about, Rosie, I want you to come closer to me. I can't tell you a story when you're so far away. Today is Rosie Miller's birthday. Everyone wish Rosie Miller a happy birthday. So the, um, there was a man who living in, thank you, Rosie Miller. Okay, here's the first story. There was a man who was doing business in Manhattan with someone who didn't look so religious, but he was very familiar with Jewish lexicon. He was very familiar with not just Jewish lexicon, but Talmudic lexicon. And he asked him, he said, you know, I'm just curious, how do you know so much? So the man told him something actually connected to this Torah portion. We read about the creation of Leviathan, creation of Leviathan. He said, when I was a child, I uh, really had a hard time in school. People weren't very nice to me. And uh, I was, in general, by nature, an introvert. And my teacher in school was also pretty rough on me. And I remember distinctly one incident in school that really made it really set me in the wrong direction. What happened was in school, we were learning about the Lavyasa. And the teacher says that. God plays with this fish, that God created this huge fish that God created on um, during the six days of creation. God spends hours every day playing with this fish, playing with this, with this uh, Leviathan. So it sounded very crazy, very intriguing. So I raised my hand, but before I could say anything, the teacher struck me down and says, don't ask any questions. All your questions are just foolish. And I remember thinking then, Okay, and I decided from then on that I just don't belong in this Jewish religious school and this whole learning Torah thing wasn't for me. I decided from then on, I'm just not going to continue on with my studies. But I was, wasn't, I was only a little child so I kept on going, studying in elementary school but I got to high school already left Judaism as much as I could and you know, and that's, that's what happened to me. And many years passed and I'm driving, and listen to the radio. And on the radio, I hear an announcement. There's a little child who is lost in the Catskills. You did. I thought you were the secretary. Didn't hear yet. The little child's lost in the Catskills, and the search party is looking for this child. Is really trying hard to find the child, but they are afraid that when the um, sunsets and it's dark will be impossible to find a the child. They're really trying hard, but they can't find this child. And it's almost, and night time is approaching. So as this guy is driving, he just identified so much with this child. He felt like he's the child. And he started praying to God, God, help this child come home. I promise you, God, if you help this child come home, I will come home to you, God. Help this child come home, and I'll come home to you too. That's, that's what he told God. And the announcers on the radio station are announcing again, it's getting close to nighttime, we don't know if they'll find the child. And he prays again, he's crying, God help this child come home. By the next morning, they announced on the radio, thank God, they discovered, they found the child, the child was okay, and they brought the child home. So now that, thank God, his heartfelt prayer was heard by God, he felt he should fulfill his vow. And he went to a temple, It was near his house. He knocks the door of the temple, and a female rabbi answers the door. How can I help you? This didn't seem familiar to him at all. He was brought up in Orthodox, the the real traditional way, and he just decided this wasn't for him. He leaves the temple. He goes around the block, and he sees someone rushing. It was Rosh Hashanah. Someone's rushing down the street. and He's like, where are you going? Going to synagogue. Oh, where's the synagogue? And and some basement, you know, dingy, not like a real fancy synagogue at all but as soon as he came in he just felt at home he felt like ah this is my place he stayed there for shoshana he stayed there for yom kippur he stayed there for Sukkot. he stayed there for shabbos brashas after a couple of weeks in the synagogue there's a kiddush and a little rabbi's son is running around in the kiddush and someone says to uh this man do you see that miracle child over there that's that's the miracle child so what do you mean the miracle child You know the story? Just about a a month and a half ago, the rabbi's son was lost in the Catskills. And there was a search party, and they really couldn't find him. But miraculously, they found him. That's the child. All of a sudden, he realized that the child he was praying for was the son of the rabbi who had brought him close to fulfill his vow to Hashem and bring him back to God and bring him back to Torah. The story doesn't end there. So he's telling this whole story to to his business acquaintance in Manhattan. So his business acquaintance says to him, did you ever get an answer to your question about the Leviathan? Did you ever get an answer to that question? He says, no, I never got an answer. All right. Now this businessman, he decided that day to join the mitzvah tank on Fifth Avenue. The Chabad mitzvah tank parks there daily, tell people passersby to do mitzvot, to put on tefillin, to learn about other mitzvot. And this businessman decided that he wants to be part of this. So he, had, he, he wasn't really from a Hasidic family at all, but he learned with incredible merit that these young boys have in helping people on doing mitzvahs and filling. He wanted to be part of the action. So he goes to the mitzvah tank and he wants to like help out there. And he, he had a friend there on the mitzvah tank and he tells a friend on the mitzvah tank this whole story. Wow, what an incredible story. And someone, an older man, knocks on the door of the mitzvah tank and he opens the door the of the mitzvah tank. The guy comes on and he says, Do you want to put on film?" I put on film already. I just like mitzvah tanks. I, whenever I pass that mitzvah tank, I just come in and say hello. Okay, great. Can I, I have a cup of water? Sure, they give him a cup of water. Hey, you're having a cup of water, you're in the mitzvah tank. Why don't you share? Why don't you share a dvar torah for us? Share a, a thought of Torah. Sure, a thought of Torah? Sure, I'll share a thought of Torah. I have an incredible thought of Torah. Now, what he shared, and it's printed in the Army magazine. I don't know the source of it, but this is what he shared. He said, I just heard a teaching of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. The Rebbe said that it says in the Talmud, Hashem plays the Leviathan every single day. And I always wonder what that means. And here I learned a talk of the Rebbe says that because God created a male and female Leviathan and Hashem right away caused the female Leviathan to die and to be preserved for the righteous, when Mashiach will come. So the male Leviathan has been lonely since the six days of creation. It doesn't have anybody in its world. And therefore, God plays special attention to the Leviathan's. So the Leviathan shouldn't be lonely. Wow. So this businessman called up his acquaintance, and he had to tell you what I just heard. He told him this idea, and the guy started to cry and cry and cry. He's crying because he was Leviathan. The story of loneliness was his own story. and. Just like the, God takes pays special attention to Leviathan, Hashem had caused him to, by Hashem's special attention, for him to come home. It wasn't just a random story. His story of estrangement from Judaism, rediscovering it, was really linked to the Torah. It's like it says in Tanya that every soul is a connection to the Torah, and through that connection to the Torah, it connects to God. Somehow his fascination with Leviathan was his own life story. That's the first story I want to share with you tonight but since some of you were in Shul and Yom Kippur, you heard the story before, so I want to I don't want to disappoint. I to have a second story in the same theme. You didn't hear the story yet Razel By the way, today is birthday, and I'm very, very proud of Razel Miral. The second story was in the same theme, and the idea is we should never feel alone. When Hashem says to us, He's going to show us incredible wonders in the, this year, we shouldn't feel that's like a global thing, the Jewish people. We have to realize it's a personal thing, and Hashem pays special attention to everyone, and miracles and wonders aren't hard for him. As we say every day in the Shema, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. We emphasize this two times to say that God doesn't just take care of big problems when there are things that harm all the Jewish people, but God takes care of each of us. We have one tiny small issue, our own little Mitzrayim. God pays attention to us. So following the story of a woman named Leah Rivka Arkosh who was Rebbe's emissary in Binghamton. In 1962, she was 10 years old and her father was in a terrible car accident. The medics pronounced him dead on the spot. But after a while, they realized he was still, he still had a pulse. And what happened was that his sternum was broken, it was resting on his heart, and they really didn't have too much hope for him. But uh, slowly, slowly, he started to recover. Her mother, Leah Rifka's mother, their last name was Greenbaum, by the way, her maiden name. Leah Rifka Greenbaum was visit her mother would always go to visit her father in the hospital. She wanted them and her children, but they were they weren't religious from a religious family at all, and they were very poor. They had no money for the bus. The, the mother, especially they had no money for the bus because their father wasn't working. And only the mother could go on the bus because they couldn't afford to bring the kids on the bus. So she would go, just to show you how poor they were, she would go on the bus by herself, leave the kids by themselves, and they really had nothing. Out of the clear blue sky, the Rebbe calls up Rabbi Aaron Dov al Vashon, who was the headmaster of the Chabad schools in London. The Rebbe calls him up and says, what's going on with the Grant family? I know the grand family is, says. the grand family, you know who they are? The grand family, they have a child registered in your school. He had no idea who the grand family was, but he discovered that the Greenbaum family had changed their name to Grant, and perhaps that's what the Rebbe meant. They had a daughter who was not registered in their elementary school. She was registered in their Sunday school. So he calls over the girl, Lea Rivka. The Rebbe is inquiring about your family, What's going on? She's 10 years old. She says, Not her mother had warned her, Don't tell anybody what's going on with our family. No one is allowed to know. It's our family, it's our private news. Our dad's in the hospital, no one's allowed to know. But but, but Rabbi Suffron pushed and asked again, What's going on with your family? What's going on with your family? And finally, she said, What's going on with her father? So he reported this to Rebbe. The Rebbe said, You have to make sure. That this family has food to eat. They have no breadwinner right now, and they have to make sure they have all the needs to take care of. Now, remember, this is something that the Rebbe initiated. It wasn't that it was reported to them. No one called the Rebbe at a clear blue sky. The Rebbe calls up Rabbi Safran and says, You have to help the grand family. And when he reports to them, the Rebbe, Rebbe says, Make sure they have food on their table. They don't have their, their, their father is injured, he's not able to work. Make sure they're able to eat. So this. Led when their father recovered, he wasn't able to fully work yet. This led to the Lubavitch house in London hiring her father, Larivka's father, to work as an administrator for the Montefiore uh, campsite, which became with, with the Nissen houses and other things, other institutions of, of Lubavitch in London. He became sort of a caretaker to help repair the grounds. Lubavitch hired him, and that led to their daughter, Larivka saying the story that led to her to, um, by the way, this story is in My Story from Gems. Incredible! It's an incredible book, if you don't have it, I recommend everyone to get this book called My Story. So Lea Rivka went, because of this, she stopped going just to, to the Sunday school going to, and going to public school, and going to Lubavitch school on Sunday, she, this led her to join the elementary school. But in elementary school, she felt a strange, she felt not part of the situation because all other girls, knew each other. She was just joined the school, no one knew her. She felt not part of it at all. And she decided after two years in the school, she wants to leave the school. Two years was enough, she wants to move on. She just felt like she doesn't belong there. When the Rebbe heard about this, Rebbe called her Bissafim, Rebbe said to him, you have to do whatever you can, it's imperative that she remains in the school. And apparently the girls in the school got a real talking to, And all of a sudden everyone's friendly, (laughs) everyone's nice. Not because, you know, their people are are terrible, just, you know, sometimes people get forgotten. And at this point, the story is that somebody, that Hashem always remembers us and and finds a way. So the Rebbe himself called Rabbi Saffron and told him he has has to make sure that she feels comfortable in the school. And she started to like it and she wanted to stay. And uh, she, her family kosher, she actually ate at Gaggi's uh, parents' house, Goggi's family, and at the Lou's house, and at the, uh, uh, the, the for three d- days a week she, she ate at their houses because we're didn't keep kosher. And the Rebbe often throughout the time that she was studying in elementary school, that would send regards to her. She thought like just like a cute thing, Rebbe sends regards. She didn't realize this was actually a personal message Rebbe had sent several times to her, sending regards to her. In 1971, she actually went with Gagi's mother, Alaya Shalom Clara, to visit the Rebbe together with the Jaffe family, and the Rebbe warmly greeted her. I'm so pleased you are here, the Rebbe said. Thank you so much for coming, and she describes the Rebbe taking her, picking up her letter. The Rebbe had on his desk a stack of hundreds of letters. The just noticed knew somehow this is your letter. He pulls the letter out of the stack. Debbie says, in your letter, you don't mention all your activities. You don't mention about the Shabbat club that you leave, and the youth group that you're leaving, and this activity, and that activity. And Debbie says, it's not just quantity. It's also quality. Because when you're dealing with children, it's quality. You don't mention all the things that you're doing. And that was, was encouraging her to continue doing what she was doing. and um, then she went back to london ebbs asked before she came back when left to london that she should she had, he had a message for her and she came to, she came back to 770 there went outside and greeted her on the steps of 770 and never said to her um, I just wanted to wish you bon voyage and in regards to your parents personal direct attention years later it's a famous story but i i uh, I always wonder about the detailed story. This is the true, the true version of the story. The, uh, she wanted, or she didn't really want, she was, she felt she wasn't ready to get married yet, but people in her family, people in the community felt time for her to look for a Shidduch. And a certain boy came up and the Rebbe said, no. So she, okay. It was, which is unusual by the way, i said, no, but then someone else said the Rebbe said, yes. So she knew what's going on. The Rebbe said no. The Rebbe said yes. They told her something's something's going on. You have to clarify this. Call up the Rebbe's office. It, it, it's not it's not it's not clear what's going on. She calls the Rebbe's office, and she starts speaking to the Rebbe's secretary, Berchadikov. Rebbe what's going on? So Berchadikov said the Rebbe told you not to look into the shidduch. So, okay. So why is a boy saying that the Rebbe said he should look in the shidduch? So the Rebbe got on the phone. Never said the boy should look into this shidduch because you are an appropriate person and have a good character, and therefore he should look for someone like you. But he's not for you. <laughs> so That's never told her. Yes and no, and him yes. He. This is what you should look for. This is a good idea for you. It's not a good idea for her. Anyway, so and then then told her. Okay, let's make a. L-. So what happens is. She, Baruch Hashem, uh, eventually, uh, looking for a teaching position, the instructed her to go to Manchester. And then the called her back and said, no, no, not Manchester, go to London. And she said, she was confused. The said, didn't you tell me to go to Manchester? The said, yes, I changed my mind. The said, I changed my mind. You need to be in London, because in London, people will see you and your qualities because you need to find the Shidduch. She found out years later, that the Rebbe himself paid her tuition from a personal check, not from an institution. They Rebbe paid her tuition. they have sent three checks for tuition for three years of her schooling, and the, the institution didn't want to cash from this check, but the Rebbe's office said they had to cash the check. They Rebbe personally paid for her schooling from the personal check of the Rebbe, and, and then when it when came time for her to find a Shidduch, they told her who sh- what kind of person to look for. Look for someone who knows the entire code of Jewish law. Look for someone who's well-versed in Hasidus. And the Rebbe said, "Don't feel pressure to look for a shidduch now. When the right when the right time comes, you'll know, and you'll find the right person." And she, looking back at her life story, she says that she realized she was a she was a poor girl from a, from a non-religious family. She had no connection at all, but somehow Hashem found a way through the Rebbe to guide her entire life. And today, and until um, uh, she, she, and because of this, she went to. Um, well, I've got to mention there, but also told Gagi's mother to make sure that her parents were ha- were happy with her, with her uh, observance of Torah, and just a direct connection guiding her throughout her life. And how she says how fortunate she was to be, have this direct guidance. And the truth is, it's not just a story about her. As says, Yom Yom. Whenever you hear a Hasidic story, you have to know it. to hear the to You hear it very internally and personally to feel that we're not lonely in this world. To feel that Hashem takes care of each of us. Miracles aren't hard for Hashem. Miracles need to happen. Miracles will happen, especially this year—the year that the Rebbe announced, the year of Ploy Serenu, the year of revealed wonders. So may we all see the, immediately the revealed wonder of the coming Mashiach. That's all I wanted to share. Any questions or comments or criticism? Okay. Good vach Rabbi Reber. vach Mrs. Reber. vach Yehuda, good Shalom. Is that all? Start the tzedekis. Okay. Good Jeff, good vach Barrow, good ותובחה, אבל אני